Today's episode of the Theater People Podcast is brought to you by TodayTix, which is the app for last-minute theater tickets. Download the app for free in Google Play or in the App Store. Hey, theater people, Patrick here. So just a couple of quick things before we get to the show. We mentioned last week that a quick and free way to support theater people is to click on the ads on our website. A lot of you have been doing it, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you. Not only do we get a little bit of money when you click on the ads, but it lets our sponsors know that our listeners are engaged in our content, which is a really huge deal. So if you're on the site reading the blog or listening to an episode and you see an ad that interests you even a little bit, click on it. It's a great way to help keep theater people a weekly and free podcast. The other thing I wanted to mention, you guys, was that we had our first live summer series show this past weekend, and it was a huge success. Leslie Margarita was our guest, and she was just so fabulous. She mingled and hung out with everyone. She performed a bunch of songs. She took questions from the audience. It was just the best time. I've created a photo album of the event, which you can find on our Facebook page, and we're also building a photo gallery for the summer series on our website, so check it out. Our next live summer series show will feature Lindsay Mendez, star of Wicked, Godspell, and Dogfight, to name just a few. The show had been sold out, but we just released 15 more tickets. The tickets are just $10, and you can get them on our website, www.theaterpeople.com. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L.com, and click on the summer series tab. Stick around after our interview with Carmen Cusack for a little preview of what our show with Lindsay will be like. Okay, now to the show. Welcome to the Theater People Podcast. I'm Patrick Hines, your host. You guys, I don't quite remember what I expected when I went to see Bright Star. I'm sure I thought that I would like it. I just didn't necessarily expect that it would be memorable to me. Well, let me tell you, in a season of really great new musicals, Bright Star, which was written by Steve Martin and Edie Brickell, stands out to me as one of the best. Let me talk a little bit about today's guest, Carmen Cusack. I'm going to use all the cliche words here, so bear with me. Her performance in the show is so astonishing and breathtaking and riveting. I remember squeezing producer Mike's arm every time she opened her mouth to sing. I knew nothing about her before seeing the show, and I was instantly obsessed. She's nominated for a Tony Award this year for her work in the show, and without being controversial, you guys, I will have it be known that I am really pulling for her. I was so excited to meet her in her dressing room, and I'm delighted to share this conversation with you guys. Okay, here we go. Hi, Carmen Cusack. Hi. So I am delighted to meet you. I'm so happy to be... I'm delighted to meet you and to have you in the comfort zone of my dressing room. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. It's so gorgeous. So we don't have much time with you, so I'm just going to jump in if that's okay. So I just went into friends on the street, and they're like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to go interview Carmen Cusack. And then we all just geeked out about Bright Star for like five minutes. And I, I can't wait to get to it. But will you, you are like a revelation on Broadway right now. Everyone is so thrilled that you're doing this. But... 
I'm I I don't know much about you. I know you were born in Denver and you went to college in Texas and then you were a big star in the West End. Will you give us a little bit of your history about how you got to the West End and then back to the states? <laughs> well, I was um tr- I was training at UNT University of North Texas um on an opera scholarship. But it didn't pay all of my bills, and it certainly didn't pay all of my um, classes that I had to take. So I was I was getting really down to my last penny, and I was working as a singing waitress in a no in an <laughs> Italian inn restaurant in Fort Worth, Texas, and commuting back and forth from Fort Worth to Denton, which is like a forty minute drive um, every day. So I was just like hard on my money and my energy. And I was almost to the point of a, I was a stick figure. I was so thin at this point. And my, some of my friends at the Italian Inn restaurant down in Fort Worth, Texas, I don't know if it's still open yet, but there's a plug, <laughs> um, said, well, we're going to just take a day, just, just, t- just play hooky, just take a day off, just enjoy yourself, come down, we're going to go to Dallas and we're going to, um, we're going to audition for this, um, we're going to do the, do the audition for this, um, cruise ship. So I was like, yeah, I was just going to go play hooky and just hang out in the car and just hang out with my friends. But at that time, when I was that young, I was I loved auditioning. I loved the adrenaline rush that you used to, that I that I got with it. So I and they 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 all came back all excited, and I was like, "Give me that songbook! I'm gonna go sing something." <laughs> so I did, and I think it was summertime that I sang. Wow! From Porgy and Bess, and they they gave me they offered me a job on the spot. Um, what was the cruise line? It was the QE2. It, initially, it was the Norwegian cruise line to play the Judy Garden role in Saint, Meet Me in St. Louis. They were doing that show. But then somehow or another, the, the oh, I know, the girl who was said she was going to leave didn't leave. So she stayed in the job. And then they said, but we have this other cruise line that we'd like you to go on. And it was a QE2. So I did, I did uh, book shows on the QE2. And that gave me a taste for everything that was not Houston, Texas. And I was <laughs> like, yes, please. I'll have some more. And a pianist on the QE2 uh, uh, we started kind of dating and um, uh, after about a, 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 a contract or so of that be, uh, he, he asked me to marry him so I was like alright yeah <laughs> I, I think I could handle going and living in England for a while and see what happens ah there's the rub okay so you, that's what brought you to it's London Manchester yeah Okay, so when you got off the cruise ship, you went to London. Pretty much, that's how it went. I, we, I, I went back to Texas and and made, had the dress made, and then got married, and that was it, really. And then, did you just like start auditioning right away? Right away. And you didn't really. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think you didn't do much before major roles. Like you just out of the gate did major roles in London, right? Well, that was I. My first gig was Phantom of the Opera, and it was as understudy Christine. Ah, did you get to go on a lot? And I got to go on a lot, and then I then I then it turned into the alternate, and then it, then I ended up taking over um, full time for the end of the contract, and then that went instantly into um, a gig in Les Mis as Fontaine, as understudy Fontaine, ah. which then turned into full time Fontaine, the second contract. So, God, you guys, there, the, this is the answer. This is what we've all been wondering. So then, you came back to New York uh, to the states to do Wicked, if I'm not mistaken, in Chicago, right? That's right. They saw me in London while I was there. Um, you know, I, those weren't the only two jobs I did while I was in yeah. because I was in in England for 14 years. So I did, you know, bits and bobs of everything. Um, did Secret Garden with the Royal Shakespeare Company, yeah. which is a in what role? Experience Rose. Oh God. I'm yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, so they saw me in Wicked there in London, and they said, "You know what? We 
Adina is going to open this, and then we're going to get the, the we're going to have the British uh, British gal do it. But we you're American, so and we have a lot of other openings in America for this role. So um, we're coming to the states if you want to. I'm like, yeah, I've been waiting for an opportunity like that, but I just didn't want to start from scratch again because right. I'd spent 14 years, you know, building up my career in the West End. I wanted to have something to come home to. So. Amazing. Okay, now that I'm clear. And then the other big credit you have um, was the national tour of Lincoln Center's South Pacific. South Pacific. I, sometimes when I get nervous and I'm in front of a big star, I just forget the name of a really big show. I, I do the same thing. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Now that we're caught up, we can talk about Bright Star, which is the reason I'm here. Way back in the day, you never would have had to ask me. Way back in the So you've been with Bright Star from the very beginning, right? Yes, sir. Since Poughkeepsie, um, we did the, a reading there, and um, then we did various workshops and put the pro- put the production on and um, old the old Globe, and then down in um, down in DC. <laughs> yep. Yep. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Can Can I ask how? So, had you lived in New York at this point, or I was? I did the off Broadway uh, version of Carrie. I was Miss Gardner in that. Oh my God! Yes, yeah. and and oh my God! Okay, yes, yes, yes. I loved that production. Thank you. Um, okay, so because I was wondering what makes us somebody like at your level decide you're going to like take a reading in Poughkeepsie. Well, because uh, hello, Steve Martin and Edie, and Edie Brickell. I mean, yeah. who are you going to say no to that? And I was, you know, just hanging out in LA. I, I, I like to just keep a low profile when nothing really strikes my interest. And I was just in LA with my husband. He's an actor, and he's more in film and TV over there. And I, and I have a band over in LA that, um, and I write music. And I was just like keep keeping a low profile and writing music and. And then this came up. Do you want to put put yourself on a tape? And I was like, okay, yes. I'm curious about your – you're sort of known for your fabulous, gorgeous musical theater voice and w- what you sort of thought when you heard this, like, bluegrass, sort of like honky-tonk music for the first time. Yes. Well, that's what really uh, I-, I felt so connected to because it's kind of of the ilk of, of the the natural voice. Like, we, we have to put on different hats with different parts and we have to sound different for different styles of singing. And, you know, and I always – you know, I've always known that I could sing opera when I need to sing opera or jazz when I need to sing jazz. And and I kind of enjoy doing those all those different styles, but this particular style is so much connected to what Carmen sounds like. Yeah, and um, and to be able to just know that I don't have to worry about preserving the voice to some degree to keep it in this place that I could this the way this music is written, it really does feel like breathing to me. Um, and and especially having the luxury of of start of being from the from the get go to now, they you know Edie's been so remarkable in um, writing music to fit my sound, which just it's like when I, I when I actually hear myself say it, it kind of almost brings me emotionally to tears. <laughs> it's just that that this is fine this this that this is finally happening in at this stage in my career just. 
I'm so full, 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 full of um, joy and love for everyone <laughs> that has put something into this. I can't tell you, like, as an audience member who who gets to actually talk to you, like, seeing what you give every night, to, to hear you answer that question emotionally is so... I don't want to say satisfying because that sounds stupid, but it's so beautiful to, to, to see that, especially like at this point in the run where it must still feel new and fresh and vibrant to you. It does every night. I mean, that's 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 the beauty of a really, really good story that, you know, when you walk out there, you know that it's going to connect to people in various ways because there's so many there's so much depth to the story. Um, <clears throat> but to just walk out every night with the confidence of knowing that you have some, you're in, you're in something special, yeah. and people are going to be moved, and even grown men will be trying to clear their throats, <laughs> and and that just that gives me pleasure every night. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the collaborative nature of this project because it, it it's been a it, you guys have been working on it for a long time, and and so you know I guess my next question is now we know about the music. How about the book? I mean, did did Steve Martin seek out input from you? Um. Well, Steve Martin is just, you know, he's so clever. And I think he put, yeah, well, yes, in a sense, he, you know, he, he put it out there to me that through this process, he wanted input from my friends and family watching. Um, And so I, you know, I think after the run of Old Globe, I sent him a really long email about things that, that I thought we could look at story wise, and character wise. Um, and I do believe that, you know, and that's why we have what we have now, because these collaborators have, have just thrown their ego to the side and understand that um, it's just it's got to continue to evolve. It's got to be a baby. You've got to nurture it. And some days for some audiences, it's going to work. And for some others, it's just and you've just got to find that happy balance and still stay true to yourself. But um, mold this into what it needs to be for everybody and I think that's what we finally have. And the fact that he's been so open to to the feedback um, and so open to his actors um, is just – it's been a real learning curve for me to just – it's humbling to watch someone that smart um, be so humble himself and, and understand that this is a process. This is a collaborative process. Yeah. Um, I wanted to – oh, the thought just escaped my brain. Oh, oh, I, I guess I wanted to know, like, were you uh, – were you – was it always going to be you if and when the show came to Broadway? <laughs> Am I allowed to ask that? Of course. You can ask whatever you want. <laughs> um, I – well, I always in the back of my head just thought, just take this as it goes. Every time they call you up to do another workshop, just enjoy the process because the pe- these people are wonderful. Um, all the way down to the producers, Joey Parnes and the whole office there. They've just been nothing but nurturing and so good to all of us. And I always thought at the back of my mind, by the time it gets to Broadway, it's such a role that any gal would give their right arm to do. And I just didn't have any any uh, preconceived ideas. And I just went about it with an open heart and just thought, I'm learning every time I work with these people. And, and I love this role. And I hope that it that I get to play on Broadway. But I understand if it has to go somewhere else, I'm just, I, you know. But I started to get the feeling pretty soon on. That uh, that it was mine. I'd peed on it. <laughs> I had, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd drawn the line. I'd made it mine. So. You're my baby. How can this be? You're my sweet baby. 
back to me So familiar, so familiar. I could feel you Here in my heart So peculiar, so peculiar. Like, I knew you. like I knew you Right from the start Hey theater people, Patrick here. I'm going to spend the next 60 seconds or so telling you about our fabulous sponsor, Today Ticks. As you know, Today Ticks is the app for purchasing last-minute theater tickets. One of the great things about partnering with Today Ticks is that they have offered a discount code just for listeners of the Theater People podcast. The code is Theater People, which of course is theater with an E R P P L. Use it at checkout for your first purchase and save 20 bucks. I watched Steve use the code to buy tickets over the weekend and it was super easy. With Today Ticks, you can discover over 80 musicals, comedies, and dramas in New York alone. You guys, just a note, Today Ticks has the best deals for Bright Star, and you know I think you should see it. Today Ticks is also available in London, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and Chicago. Today Ticks makes it easy to see what's playing this week, watch show trailers, and browse reviews. So download the app for free in Google Play or the App Store and treat yourself to a show. Quick question, you guys. Have any of you used the Today Ticks app? If so, I want to hear from you. We may even use you in an upcoming commercial. So email me, patrick at theaterpeople.com. Okay, now back to our interview with Carmen Cusack. Can we talk a little bit about, like, the nitty-gritty of the show? Because, so the show, this, this show is, and I, I want to like, find the way to say this from my audience perspective. Like, it is so different and so, but, like, so approachable at the same time. It is such a beautiful, magical show. I, I mean, I literally started tweeting at intermission and, like, didn't stop for three days. I, I wanted to talk about the staging because the staging is really sort of different. The use of the ensemble is a little bit different. The band is on the stage with you guys. And it just creates this really special night of theater. But I wanted to know, like, what, how working, like, you, you've worked in these really big commercial, very, like, straightforward shows. And I wanted to know about the challenges of, uh, and the exciting challenges and the hard challenges of doing something a little bit different. Um, well, I, I'm kind of old fashioned in ways that I, like, even when I listen to an album, I just, I don't want it to be overproduced. I want it to be raw and organic and be coming from a really kind of deep, soulful place. And I like to hear the cracks in the, and I like to hear, uh, I, I'm not one for gl- a lot of gloss, never have been. Um, and although it's very exciting to be in some of these bigger, glossier productions, and I was always very grateful to be in these, I, there's something that really, really g- connects deeply to my heart with this because it's just coming from such a raw, heartfelt, soul place. And everyone on the stage is there, and it's just this this beating family, this beating heart of this organism that, that we're all putting this energy out there that is it's you I can't even describe how magical it, it is to have the kind of support that that I get to have every night with the ensemble and the band and it's just so beautiful I wish I could watch it yeah because everyone keeps saying it's so beautiful you, if you only saw what was happening around you I'm like I feel it but I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying when we when we were interviewing Paul that there I really think that I really think that we're seeing some new stuff 
on on okay. that stage, and that's a that's a that's a tall order for a Broadway show at this point in history. I think, and yet it's so simple, which is so interesting. Totally, that, that it seems like you're seeing something new. A lot of people have said that they didn't know what, know what to expect, and then they saw this something that's, that that was so new. And I'm trying to think, what is that? Because it's simple. Yeah, what we're putting out there. Yeah, what do you think it is? Well, it, it, I think a lot of it is the part of it is the use of the ensemble, but I think part of it is because it's not like they're not just doing like dance numbers. I think you know, and I I think part of it too is that the show is highly interpretive in in your experience with it. Like I think that I could watch maybe some of the ensemble is at points playing trees and the river and maybe somebody else sees right. that differently. You can interpret it in so many different ways. It's like opening a book and um that that's that's what I think the beauty is of yeah. it because um, the ensemble plays so they are so integral to the energy and the heart of this piece. I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the stage magic that you're a part of. So, like, th- there's a house that's a part of a set. And, and uh, for people who don't know, the show sort of takes place at two points in time. And th- those time periods are maybe, like, 20 years apart about. Is that right? Yes. So, at one point, we see you as the older version of yourself. And the, the set sort of flips around. And you we sort of watch you become the young. Oh, my God. I'm going to get teary. We watch you become, like, the younger version of yourself. And it's so like simple but magical so can you take us inside doing some of that stage magic and how it feels to be a part of it um my heart skips a beat and that sounds so corny i'm sure (laughs) not to me but it really does every time i I see the dress that i'm gonna get into as a young alice and and i just feel like i'm taking everything of the moments of my journey when i was that age and just Oh, if I could just go back in the, on that day at school and that girl, that guy said this to me and it's just and this teacher did that. Um, it's just those moments, those glimpses of moments that you think, God, if I could just see that clearer, the, 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 the colors could be more vivid. And every time those every night I, I get my heart just I, I almost start to feel like I'm floating into the 16 year old uh, character. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about two specific songs that you get to sing. The first song I wanted to ask you about, oh, was the opening song, um, If You Knew My Story. If you knew my story, you'd have a hard time. Believe in me, you'd think I was lying. This is a new song. That came about only recently, and we got to do it, and we didn't have it at the Old Globe. And um, and uh, Walter Bobby had had said, I really think that because it takes so long to get to my character, that that people got were confused as to whose story that they were they were watching. And at one point, it was very much more of a story of this boy soldier story. And then you got half then halfway through, you think, wait a minute, this is uh, Hearst. Anyway, so they wanted to clarify that. So they wanted a song for me to go out as old Alice to just say, guys, watch. This is really this is the woman that you need to keep an eye on. <laughs> and so Edie came up with this song. And as soon as I was given the the music and it was I think it was a, a, like a week into our rehearsals to go to D.C., which was our 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 last stop before Broadway, and they were re- almost connected. They were so close. This was this last Christmas. Um, we were a week into rehearsals, and they handed me this music, and um, I read the lyrics, and I cried. I because the lyrics because it connected so much to me, to my story, my this journey that I've had 
that I've gone on. Many backs have broken from lesser weight, I know. I was born to carry more than I can hold, even though I stumble, even though I fall. You'll never see me crumble, you'll never see me crawl. If you knew my story, to the I could barely sing on the first day of, of learning this this um, this uh, this song because it, it just so resonated so much for me on many different levels of just you know the things in my life that you think things that you that you have to overcome yeah. and you know you have a dream you have something specific that you want to accomplish and things get in the way and then you, sometimes you just think I'll never get it I'll never do it so just let's not bother but it really does matter you do need to bother because. You just keep going because it's it's incredible. I feel like this the song, if you knew my story, you'd have a hard time believing that I'm here now. And it's just, that's how I feel about being here. To build on that a little bit, I, I was thinking when I was watching it, like how incredible it is that you get to sing this song, making your Broadway debut. And, you know, does, does that wash over you too? Or do you just kind of put that away? I ha- Sometimes you have to... Uh, when things, you know, and they still do. Here I am. I'm choking up even talking about it. Um, you do have to kind of put some of that away because you have to become a vehicle for the audience to be in 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 your story. You know, you can't just take over that too much. You have to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> I'm just, I yeah. I, sometimes I sit here and I think I can't believe I'm talking to her right now, and, and that's where my eyes go. Um, the other song, your big eleven o'clock number, is called um, at. At long last, is that right? That's the name of the song. Oh, um, that that there there. I don't know what to say other than to say that like we, my producer and I, were gripping each other's wrists and like leaning forward in our seats as you sang that number. As the sky was darkening through years of night, I felt a door was opening to this gorgeous morning. Not a lot of people get the experience of getting to like bring the house down at the end of the show like that. How is, and this is maybe a trite way to ask this question, but how is it to get to do that every night? It's just the most joyous thing I've ever, ever felt in my life on stage. <laughs> I'm bursting at that point, bursting at the seams myself. So yeah. I, I'm, I hope that that does hit the back of the, the theater house. It's funny, too, because we're like, oh, we know she, this woman can wail. But then that song happens and you're like, oh, my God, that is like another level. Anyway, this it's- song yet again is another new song. Both the, the first, if you knew my story and at last, 
were put in just this this um within this year. Wow. Yeah. Did you guys have those in DC or was it were they just for the Broadway run? Well, we had an 11 o'clock number, but it um it wasn't a big ending. It it kind of melted into a scene and then we started to understand that the audience wanted to participate and and you know there were so many beautiful moments that they wanted to um give us back something and yes. so then we understood what that we had to to make those moments happen and so that's when at last came along and it is a brand new song for that 11 o'clock number yeah. I actually stayed up late, I have a two-year-old, to read the reviews on your opening night because I just wanted it to go well. And it did. Oh, I don't know. Do you read reviews? I do. Uh, yeah. Sometimes we're not allowed to talk about that. I, I do. So you guys got this rave, and I'm just curious as to how it was to come back to work on that Tuesday. You know, I asked Paul the same question, but I'm, I'm curious to hear your perspective. <laughs> well, like, I mean, I you have to take everything with a pinch of salt. Um it was lovely to to get thank goodness that we got the um the great new york times review um but i you know i i try i just like to keep my feet on the ground yeah <laughs> <laughs> also nobody nobody talks about it when you know when you get back to work nobody nobody talks about no it. one talks about it I don't, because it's kind of a rule that some people some some actors don't want to know so it just it really isn't really talked about I've heard that said before. I have a lot of friends that are actors. It's hard to believe it when the reviews are so good. Well, of course, it's nice to hear praise, but also, you know, it's just, you just have to take it all with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Carmen Cusack, I'm so grateful for your time. I'm so happy for you and for your show. I'm going to have to come back and see it like five more times. Please do. Thank you for being on the Theater People podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. You're saying, do right, do right, do right, do right for me. You're saying, step in line and do what I do right for me. And what's right for me? Hey, theater people, Patrick here. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Carmen Cusack as much as I did. Now, to switch gears just a little bit, I wanted to talk a bit about our next live summer series show, which features Lindsay Mendez. First, listen to this voice.
The show is taking place on Sunday, June 19th at Pearl Studios. The doors open at 5 p.m. for our pre-show party. At the party, we'll be raffling off a pair of tickets to Brightstar, so thank you, Brightstar, for donating those. We'll have our photo booth set up with props from Wicked for you all to get silly with. Our fabulous photographer, Diana Bush of Diana Bush Photography, will be there taking your pictures for free and then posting them to her online gallery for you to download for free. Producer Mike and I will be there with some of our fancy Broadway friends, and we really want to meet you guys. It's going to be such a blast. Lindsay and I will go on at 6 p.m. sharp. We'll chat for a bit. I know I, for one, want to get the scoop on what happened with Nerds the Musical. And then Lindsay will perform a few songs. After that, schedule permitting, Lindsay will stick around to take pictures with everyone, sign CDs, and hang out. We've just released 15 tickets for the show. You can get the tickets at our website, www.theaterpeople.com. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L.com, and click on the Summer Series tab. We hope to see you all there. Theater People is produced by Mike Jensen and me, Patrick Hines. I edited this episode. Special thanks to our sponsor, Today Ticks, the app for last-minute theater tickets. Download the app in Google Play or in the App Store and use the code THEATERPEOPLE, that's theater with an E-R-P-P-L, at checkout and save $20 off your first purchase. Special thanks also to the fabulous Diana Bush of Diana Bush Photography and to Steve Tipton, Bradley Bean, our webmaster, Keith Allen Herzog, Eric Emsch, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. We'll be back next Monday with a special Spring Awakening reunion show featuring Krista Rodriguez, Andy Mientes, and Alex Boniello. I am so excited to share that episode with you guys. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking. Something awful made that world appear Maybe this sounds crazy, but I'm happy that it happened Happy that I came Happy that I'm here I can see a world beautiful